0: Good morning! Uh, Today is Sunday the 13th of September and this is the virtual service from St. John's Southbourne. My name is Matthew Luff and I'm the vicar at St. John's Church along with uh, West Thorny, which is St. Nicholas's Church. A special welcome if you're joining us for the first time and it would be lovely for uh, to hear from you how things are going and how we might be able to help you. Just a little bit of housekeeping from myself Uh, This evening, we've got a Bible study going through uh, Galatians, and Sarah Adams will be leading us uh, through that discussion, which is available on Zoom. The codes for that have been in the daily update. If you want a quick access to that, then do send us an email and we'll we'll give you um, some access there. Otherwise, I hope that your week is going well and look forward to meeting with you over due course. Uh, Don't be strangers. Do get in touch and make sure that you stay in touch with one another you will have seen uh, over the last few weeks that uh, we've been having services in the church and at the moment we can continue to do so uh, because uh, worshipping together doesn't breach the government's guidelines, uh, and that's really important. But I also know that a lot of people are un- unable, uh, and it's un- or feel unsafe, uh, coming out and joining uh, large numbers of people like that. Um, it's important for us as a church to start thinking about how we can reach uh, lots of other people and make sure that we're in touch. So over the next few days, over the next few weeks, uh, we'll be asking some questions about how or whom you're connected to within the St. John's Fellowship. I think that's really important. Whether you're part of a, a little a team, a home group, or you pray and you meet with just one or two other people, it'd be really good to make sure that everybody is included and nobody uh, uh, feels uh, alone. So that's important, so we'll be putting information out about that over the next uh, few days and weeks okay well let's begin our time together uh, with some words of encouragement from Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. Heavenly Father, as we seek to understand a little more about what it is to be your people, we thank you for this reminder of salvation, your desire to bless us and be gracious to us. We pray this week, we would continue to seek your ways, to follow and learn from Jesus, to be your people.
1: Amen. Today's reading is taken from Acts chapter four, verses 1 to 22 Peter and John before the Sanhedrin the priests and captain of the temple guard and the Sanhedrins came up to Peter and John where they were speaking to the people they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in the jail until the next day. Many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about five thousand. The next day the rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Anas the high priest was there so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them, and began to question them, By what power, or what name, did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, Jesus is the stone new builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realised they were unschooled, ordinary men, knows they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it but to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old.
0: Well as we uh, come to this reading which has got quite a lot going on in it uh, I just wanted to focus particularly on uh, verse uh, 13, the second part of it, that the council took note that these men had been with Jesus. Uh, what an, a powerful thing uh, for them to notice and an encouraging thing uh, for us to bear in mind. If we scroll back a, a little bit, we, we know that the, Peter and John had been brought before the council uh, to hear about uh, this resurrection that they're, they're preaching about, the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. And before that, the, 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 there was a healing of a man who'd been a cripple for uh, over 40 years. Uh, and so there are these two events this healing and then this preaching both focused on the resurrection both focused on the name of jesus that had uh, that was going to be important uh, in in this little trial peter and john have been brought in to explain uh, what was going on how they thought they were doing what they were doing uh, before this council Now, the council included uh, the Sadducees uh, who had been part of the arrest. And the Sadducees were an interesting group uh, within sort of the Jewish community of the time. Uh, They were uh, a group of sort of tended to be uh, sort of more well off and more politically motivated. uh, And their religious outlook was quite restrictive and limited. They, for example, did not believe in life after death. They did not believe in the resurrection, and they did not believe in spirits or, or or angels or things like that. So they had quite a limited view, but nevertheless, they were an important part of the uh, Jewish community, and they still held to the first five books of the the or what we call the Old Testament as a good way to live. So. They were religious in the sense that they held to the teaching of God through Moses. Uh, But in terms of a spiritual life, uh, they had really rationalised it down to a simple set of principles. In many ways they were the opposite. Uh, to the Pharisees, who tried to apply or overapply, if you like, all of these principles uh, to, to Jewish life, that they had taken this law and extended it, you know, a good idea taken too far uh, in many ways. So the Sadducees are sort of a focal point here because they would, of course, be most offended or most upset uh, by the notion of people preaching about Jesus and people preaching about the resurrection so that's quite an important part of it but the crowd we're encouraged were had been really excited the crowd had seen and heard about somebody being healed from walking and then they'd heard the message uh, of Peter talking about Jesus being the central part of God's plan I mentioned it last week that this plan of God was to bring a messiah to the Jewish people and through him bring salvation. Healing is about salvation. Jesus's preaching was about salvation and the disciples preaching is about salvation in Jesus's name. So it's a really important part of understanding what motivated and what drove the early disciples it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, just just to focus a little bit in the other direction, you know, that the God that the Jewish people had been uh, learning about since childhood, that had been waiting for, for so many years, that had sort of had their hopes perhaps raised and then dashed with, with the death of Jesus and were unsure about the resurrection. Now this God, who for from perhaps their entire lifetime, had been living in the Holy of Holies in the temple, where now he was literally at large in the city through the lives and examples of, his, of, of the disciples of Jesus Christ. It must have been an absolutely amazing time, picturing the scene, if you can, of, of loads of people realising that God uh, had come for them, he hadn't given up on them, that he was still uh, welcoming them and, and loving them and forgiving them as he had promised of old. Five thousand people uh, took that message to heart and became believers, and those are interesting things for us to think about. That phrase, they knew that these men had been with Jesus. This is let's remember that this council is made up of the of the scribes, you know, the people who taught the law, who knew the Old Testament inside out. It it's, includes the thinkers, if you like, the, the decision makers and shapers of their community. It includes the political ruling elite, the, the economic decision makers. And they're being schooled, basically, uh, by a bunch of unschooled disciples because they know Jesus Christ. They knew that Jesus, they had been with Jesus and they were doing the things that Jesus would do preaching about salvation and healing those who needed it it's an important part of remembering who we are but when they're confronted with it we don't we don't really sort of get a great positive response from this council do we it's often the case isn't it that people with a lot to lose are are the ones who are most resistant they're the ones who sort of hold out and sort of come up with reasons. And the, the, the council have kind of rationalized, well, we can't do anything about it because of the crowd clearly believe it, um, uh, what's going on, but we don't wanna lose our position and come out against it. So we're gonna warn these people uh, not to do anything about it. And, and so they kind of take this position where they hope the disciples will calm down a little bit and, and then everything can return to normal as though God was somebody who could sort of just be negotiated with or, or who was quite prepared to sort of take our counter offer as a serious way of being. Well, that's not the disciples' response, is it? The disciples are very clearly, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And let's put this into context. They were the first inheritors of the promise of Abraham, weren't they? God had said he would bless all peoples through Abraham's line. And that blessing was the salvation for the nations through Jesus Christ. And here are the first people. And it's quite often the case, isn't it? That when people come to faith, um, soon after they come to faith, their voice is the loudest, they're most excited. And, they're, and they're, uh, they, they are the people who are, you've got the most to say and, and you listen to because the transformation is fresh and real. Well, we want to keep that going too. Uh, We're we're not commanded to sort of talk about Jesus for a bit and then sort of let it all settle down a bit. We've got, we are the inheritors of this enormous promise. We are, we are, we are saved people. We are, there's nowhere else you can get this thing. There's nowhere else where you can get forgiveness uh, of your sins. There's nowhere else where you can be restored to a right relationship with God. There's nobody else who promises that you're seated in the heavenly realms already in the heart and mind of God that's pretty that's pretty exciting isn't it and really and if you're not shouting amen back at me then now's the time to do it amen these are things that we need to uh, share with people and we need to be perhaps careful you know the Sadducees were careful believers of some sort and they rationalized and diminished and, 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 and whittled things down to their bare essence but that's not the uh, message of Jesus Christ is it I've come that you would have a life and have it to the full C.S. Lewis, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it, but he said basically if Christianity isn't true it's of no importance at all but if it is true then it is the most important thing in the world. What it isn't is of moderate importance and that's important to hold on to isn't it? What are the main priorities in our lives now? Are we allowing our, our relationship with God to grow are we allowing to, uh, our relationship with Jesus Christ to be much shaping and forming us more and more or are we allowing the world to say, well, you know, it's a bit rubbish at the moment. So maybe, maybe Jesus isn't as powerful as you think and, and God probably not that interested because he's left you all indoors. A friend of mine um, asked me, and he's not a Christian, a friend of mine asked me, um, how's, the, how's how's this situation affected the church? And I said, well, to be honest, we're a church that loves to gather and worship. We know it's it's really good. We come together and we sing. But at the moment, at this season, at this time, we go, God's sending us out to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And that's really important. That's something to share, isn't it? That we can share with people that this isn't this situation, isn't the be all and end all, It, it will pass that there is a promise beyond all of this that, that the resurrection shows that death isn't the end i mean at the end of the day what's more difficult raising somebody from the dead or healing them from 40 years of being lame they to god they're the same sort of thing he can do them both we can do them neither unless we've got his name so it's important to hold on to what makes us who we are i love that thing we can do nothing else we cannot help it It is part of who we are. The council that observed these men, heard these men, heard about what they had done, realised that their lives were so infused that they must have been with Jesus and Jesus really was still with them. It's part of our daily walk, isn't it? That we would know he was with us and he promises he will be. But it's important that we allow his words and the things that he would do and say uh, to come out of us si- into all the situations uh, that, that that might work. I just spent a week in Cornwall. So I just spent a week in Cornwall. And one of the things I'd love to do in Cornwall is spot the Beast of Bodmin Moor, a black cat that has, has numerous sightings, some quite recently actually. Um, but I could spend my whole time just looking for the beast of Bodmin Moor while I was out and about, or I could take in everything and I could see that there were lots of different things to appreciate and, and, and get excited about. And, and actually that's how we should be at, uh, at the moment. There are things that we can't do as a church at the moment. Um, the things that perhaps excite us most, for me, might have been seeing the, Bodmin, you know, the beast of Bodmin Moor, but Cornwall is a great place and enjoy it and, and, and go out and see what might happen and you might find other things that are going on and so part of our vision needs to be perhaps a bit broader some of these events that were about the God of Israel for whom everybody thought he lived in a temple well they now find that he's outside the disciples were driven well, led by the spirit out of the house they were in at Pentecost into the into the public arena here Peter and John have gone to the temple, but the healing happens outside. There are things to do beyond the walls of a church. And that's the exciting thing, the opportunities that we have if we're prepared to do the sorts of things that Jesus would do. And the mark of that is that people will be able to tell because they'll know that he's with us and we're walking with him. So stay close, stay close with Jesus. Are we the kinds of people who will see uh, Jesus doing things in our lives, be open to these opportunities. After all, Jesus probably went to this place and Jesus probably walked past this chap. I think R.T. Kendall did an excellent sermon uh, talking about the sensitivity that we need to have to the Holy Spirit. Jesus went through these areas. He didn't heal that man then. He left it for Peter and John to do. And so if we're sensitive, if we're open to God, we'll find that we can do the sorts of things that he would do. That we could ask Jesus to help somebody we could ask Jesus to resolve somebody's situation we might even be able to see spiritual and physical healing in people if we ask but it happens when we're walking with him and when we do that people will see the living risen God at work in the lives of his followers every day which I think is what the church is supposed to be grace and peace It's always good to start uh, start each day, isn't it? Or uh, to to think about um, how we're pressing on with God. And we remember, I don't want to give us challenging messages and then leave us dangling. We know we have a route to a God who's forgiving. And the Psalms tell us that he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. But it's good to keep that close relationship. We want to have an open relationship with God and sin is the thing uh, that gets in the way. So let's confess our sins and remember that the kingdom of heaven is close it's at hand. Jesus said it's within reach. So let's be those people able to be part of the kingdom, at living as light in the world. We confess together. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation through Jesus Christ our lord amen as prayed i'll leave you with this little prayer that's been helping remind myself how to be the people of god how to be one of the people of god every day i find it very fascinating and this prayer uh, that we the more we think about what god might be able to do uh, the better and closer Uh, I think I am to him. So Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say, Amen.